Hello and welcome to another episode of the Family Series Podcast on Hotspot Radio. I am Alban, your friend and host. So I hope the week was good to everyone. Well, I know this very friend of mine who'd always try to rate his week, you know, by the number of debit alerts he gets, you know, but this is a very terrible way of rating anyone's week. The debit alerts most times want to outnumber the credit alert. So if you rate your week or judge your week by that standard, then one day you might actually fall into depression. So it's a very terrible standard for rating anyone's week. But generally, the week was just there. Or let's say, um, had some trending gist, you know. That is, talking about the Grammys, talking about Whiskey and Bonaboy, who brought home the Grammys, who made Africa and Nigeria proud. They did well for themselves, they did well for their careers, they did well for Africa and Nigeria. Then, the story of the First Lady of Nigeria, who finally returned home after staying away for six months in Dubai. Then, to the story of uh, the Tanzanian president, who just passed away, ushering in his vice, you know that is the woman who was his vice is now the president of Tanzania then down to the story of the girl who committed suicide because her own mom her own mom and grandmom accused her of doing something accused her of taking money and even when she tried to explain her innocence it was as if no one listened to her then she told them she was gonna kill herself and that did not change anything she told them explicitly but it didn't change anything she went ahead to kill herself saying or dropping a note that said she did not find peace in her home and in her family so she needed to go somewhere where she could find peace if you ask me this is terrible this is really terrible well judging by all this you can tell that the the week was really busy with some hot trending gist these are not all the gist there are a whole lot of trending gist within the week and i know you know most of them so but then when we come back we hit straight onto the topic of this episode of the family series on hotspot radio do stay tuned Welcome back. Now, let us go straight to the topic of today's gist, and I titled it This Thing Called Marriage. Well, you know, the coming together of a man and a woman is the foundation of every family, and the family on its own is the foundation of the society, the larger society. So, if we want to trace or if you want to re-engineer the society to become a better society then we must begin to tackle the societal problems from its roots which is from the family yes the families now as common as this concept of marriage may seem or sound it is still a complete illusion for some people yes it is for some people once they've been able to introduce their dates or who they claim they love to their families, especially their mothers, you see them begin to count themselves already as married. For some other people, once they've been able to afford, you know, this Ankara or any other matching material or clothing for themselves, they begin to feel married already. For some others, they begin to feel married once they begin to have babies because they are living together. You see, these things, none of these defines or explains the concept of marriage. Then what then is marriage? Well, it is very important I state that I would not be speaking as a, a, a spiritual director or a pastor, neither would I be speaking as a marriage counselor. 
whatever I say in this podcast will strictly be my opinion. So if anyone disagrees with me or feels he or she should say something, please do well to reach out through the social media handles or better still, drop your comments on the platform through which you're listening. Marriage, in my opinion, is the union between people, ideally a man and a woman, in agreement to live as husband and wife. And it must be legally and socially sanctioned. So it begins to beg the question, why is it that in most wedding ceremonies or occasions, you hear the man of God, the priest or the pastor, say something like, I now wed you as man and wife. Man and wife? (laughs) Why not husband and wife? Why is it man and wife? Sincerely, I have not been able to find a logical or a social reason why this is so. But if you have an answer to this or an an explanation to this, do well to reach out to us through any of the social media handles. Yes. Yet, marriage is not a poverty alleviation scheme and it is not a baby-making industry. Marriage is not about any partner's sexual fantasies and doesn't permit you objectifying your spouse for sexual pleasures. Marriage is not a sole proprietorship business, therefore, it isn't about the happiness of an individual, rather, it is about the communal happiness of the couple. So when people decide to get married, I think they should realize that they are making a lifelong commitment to tolerate, accommodate, respect, love, and support each other through thick and thin. You know, marriage has some very luring incentives, but as well, some very overwhelming responsibilities, which is why some people feel it is better to stay single all their lives and maybe um, enjoy what feels or seems like freedom to them. But then, there are very, very good reasons why we should get married. But before we look at these reasons, let us consider some very wrong reasons why people get married or some very wrong reasons why people are pushed into marriage. Yes, there are some very wrong reasons for for marriage. Some people feel too guilty or ashamed to back out of a relationship. Or they they feel they've they've spent so much or they've invested so much in a relationship. So at this point in time, they can't back out of it. Then they run into marriage. Some others feel they want to be free from their parents. And this happens a lot to women. Because they, they want to go away from their homes. They want to go away from their parents. They want to feel independent then they, they, they run into marriage. Some others just get married to have sex. Some get married to ease loneliness. Some get married because of a pregnancy. Some want to get married to show that they have become adults. Some get married for money. Some get married because all their friends are married. While some others get married just because they want to have a fancy wedding. <laughs> some others also get married because they feel no one else would marry them. So when, when this person just comes around, they just run into marriage with him or her. Then some others just get married because of societal expectations. That is, the expectation of the, of the society, what people will say or what people will think of you. But then, these are very wrong reasons why anyone should go into marriage. If you're going into marriage for any of these reasons, then it is a complete and a total wrong reason to get married. Now, if all these are the wrong reasons to get married, what could be a good
good reason to get married. And in my own opinion, the only reason anyone should get married is the need for true and real companionship. You know, you know there, there is this saying that if you want to go fast, you go alone. But if you want to go far, then you go as a team. When the need for this for companionship is mutual for two people, you know, then it is okay for them to decide to become each other's life companion through marriage. The, the mutual need for, for companionship therefore gives this uh, gives these people the appetite to learn, understand and make the decision to, to love and, and to stay in love against all odds. Then every other thing can follow, you know, procreation, money, health insurance and societal security or social security. Since we have now figured out that there are actually very wrong reasons and good reasons as well for getting married, I think we should now be asking, how then can anyone get married? How do we get married? To get married, there are a series of evaluation processes one needs to undergo. You see, you need to decide what you want and if it aligns with your life's purpose. Then you determine if you are ready or when you can be ready for marriage. And that entails biological maturity, financial maturity, spiritual maturity, and mental maturity as well. When all these have been determined, then one can begin to look out to find someone who fits into his or her goals. When this person has been spotted, you know, the, the next thing is to begin to consciously make effort to learn and know more about this person, which is uh, the period we call dating or courtship. And this dating or courtship the topic was something I, I I discussed with a group of friends on a group about a week ago. And through that discussion, we were able to ascertain that dating and courtship would have been the same meaning if not for recent societal trends. Therefore, judging by today's society, dating is simply a situation where two people are just romantically involved for the sake of having fun and enjoying themselves. While courtship is an involvement of two people who have found each other interesting and are willing to make effort to learn and understand each other over a period of time. Within this period of time, their parents get to get to know about both individuals and then guide them through the process. That is what courtship is. So if you are in a relationship where you don't have your 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 final goal isn't marriage, you you're, you are just therefore for the sake of romance and for the sake of enjoyment and fun then that is not a process to marriage the, 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 but if you are there with the, with, the, with the purpose of getting married with the purpose of learning this person getting to know this person more then that is courtship and i suppose that is that is a better advised situation this period of cutting gives you the opportunity to determine if this person you supported aligns with you and your goals or if this person is someone you can spend the rest of your life with. It is a period you take the whole situation to God and ask him to come and take charge and help you through this process of choosing a life partner for yourself. Within this period, you should begin to read good marriage books and begin to get counseling from trusted spiritual directors or trusted marriage counselors. This is actually an important process to help you prepare your mind and prepare your mind for, for, for the whole process and and everything that lies ahead. When you're finally convinced, then you can proudly walk down the aisle with this life lifelong partner you found for yourself. 
and be sure you've made the right decision for yourself. The next segment on this podcast is the Somewhere in Africa segment. Do stay with us to find out what part of Africa we would be visiting. On today's segment of Somewhere in Africa, we will be talking about a country in East Africa named Eritrea. Eritrea is nestled in the Horn of Africa. This small country of roughly 6 million people is bordered by Ethiopia, Sudan, Djibouti and the Red Sea. Eritrea is one of the most inspiring countries in the Horn. Eritrea is basically untouched by development and tourism, as most part of their beautiful culture is still undiluted. This country offers reefs, beaches, beautiful cultures of long heritage, archaeology and natural beauty. The former Italian and British colony became a part of a federation with Ethiopia in 1947, then became an independent in 1993. Eritrea has beautiful plateaus running north to south through the center of the country. It is also characterized by beautiful water bodies and animals like camels, donkeys and horses. Their money is called Nagfa and one Eritrean Nagfa is equivalent to 25.49 Nigerian Naira as at the time of making this podcast and is equivalent to 0.06 United States dollars or simply you see one United States dollars is equivalent to 15.0 Eritrean Nagfa. Eritrea is blessed with seafood such as fish, lobsters and prawns. They also have lots of vegetable dishes. Local Eritrean food are famous the world over for its delicious spicy dishes of meat and vegetables served on large spongy pancake called injera. Eritrea has a traditional coffee ceremony which is an experience to savour. It is usually characterized with so much care of love especially for visitors. Eritrean women are known to be mentally and physically stronger when compared to other women from other parts of Africa. While their men are known to be tall, slender, and cute. <laughs> what what is sweet? Well, that is it from this part of Africa. Now let's get back to the main gist. Welcome back from that trip to Eritrea. So I hope you enjoyed that segment. Now, getting back to the main gist, we all know that getting married is simply not the end of the marital journey. When we get married, we have to make efforts to stay married and build a beautiful and a healthy home. Now, how do we stay married? To stay married, we must learn to forgive. Forgiveness in marriage should, should be limitless, you know, that is, you should be willing and ready to forgive, forgive immediately. Once your spouse or your partner wrongs you and comes to you to seek forgiveness, do well to find a place in your heart to forgive him or her. Even before they come to you to ask for that forgiveness, you should have forgiven them in your heart before, you, before they even come to ask for that forgiveness. You will also have to realize that our partners come from a completely different background from ourselves. So, therefore, they might have different views, values, and opinions. 
So you have to be, be tolerant, you know, be patient with him or her. Why do you both try to come on same to on the same wavelength over time? Every relationship, be it friendship, acquaintances, courtship or marriage, is as good as the last communication. Therefore, communication is a very vital tool for keeping and sustaining a healthy marriage. Communication doesn't only mean verbal communication. There are several modes of communication in marriage. And sometimes, some people develop very personal or peculiar modes of communication. Therefore, you need to figure out how best your spouse communicates and wants you to communicate with him or her. When you do this, you, you, you bridge the communication gap. Communication gap is a major reason for breakups and divorce in, in so many marriages. So we must make serious efforts to, to make communication, to, make, to, 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 to communicate with our partners and not take communicating with our partners for granted. Again, we must pay attention to our partners. That is the only way we can even figure out when they are trying to communicate us. And that way, you are able to spot their problems, their emotions, their needs and their moods. And you, you, you are in complete sync with your partner. Respect your partners in and outside your home. And avoid exposing your marriage to the danger of third party influence. Maybe as a result of private marital information, you must have divorced outside. Remember your friends and family would learn to respect your spouse from you. So if you ever give them the reason or any reason at all to disrespect your spouse at any point in time, then you, you might have succeeded in just cracking your marriage. Stay flexible always. This means you should be willing to try out new healthy couple activities, you know. Go on dates, you know, do those things you enjoy doing while you were still single and trying to impress each other. You know, switch gender roles at times. You know, try to maybe do things like uh, switch the, the gender roles such as cooking, washing, cleaning, going to the market and just have fun while you're doing all this. Find new ways to love your spouse every day. This is very important. Ah, do those things, those little things that reminds you both of the love you share. You know, it could be as little as sending them text messages while they are at work, you know, telling him or her how beautiful or handsome he or she looks while they are dressed up and ready to leave for work, you know, helping her pack her hair or helping him brush or comb his hair, you know, taking her or taking him or her on a surprise outing or date while yeah, you can do that while you're married, getting them those things they love, you know, it could be, it could actually be anything, but the aim should be making your spouse happy. And being happy that you are making your spouse happy. That is, be happy that you are doing something to make your partner happy. That is what matters. And these little things, they count. They have a very beautiful way of, of, of re-energizing the love you share and keeping you people together. The sentence, I, I love you these days may, may sound so common and cheap. But if you wish to keep your marriage, then you must learn to use it even more often. It has a way of, you know, rejuvenating your connection with your partner and reminds you, both, reminds you both of the promises you made to each other. Trust me, I love you dolls a whole lot of wonders and miracles. <laughs> Somebody might be asking if I am talking from experience. Well, I have families, I have, I have a mother and a father and I, I know married couples. <laughs> also, anchor your marriage on God. Pray as a unit, follow God as a unit and your home definitely will experience the presence of God. The truth is this, 
if you must make a happy and a successful marriage, then as a woman, you must learn to pray. This is not to say that men shouldn't pray or learn to pray, but I think God has a soft spot for the prayers from women. A home without a woman who knows how to pray or how to go to God in prayers, sincerely, is sitting at the mercy of life's challenges. So every woman should know and learn how to pray, how to reach God in prayers if you want to keep a good, a healthy and a happy home. Every societal problem or challenge we experience today can be traced back to our homes. And this is because those who constitute these problems all come from homes. A study conducted by psychologists in the United States of America proved that children from broken or toxic homes show greater tendencies of violence or engaging in social vices. What this tells us is simple. If we must re-engineer our societies, then we must do it from the root, the family. We must begin to do things right in our families. That is, we must begin to build happy homes. I mean, homes that will give more love than hate, more happiness than sadness. You know, homes that will raise morally sound children. This way, we build a better society, we build better countries, and we build a better world at large. This is a call everyone needs to join hands on. It's not something that should be left for anybody or any gender at all. Everybody at every 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 phase of this every phase of life needs to join hands on this. Everybody comes from a family, and we all can start from our families. So with that, we've come to the end of today's episode of the Family Series Podcast on Hotspot Radio. But before we go, let me leave this question here with you all and hope to hear from you through the social media handles or on the, on the platform where you are listening. What does love mean to you? Like, is it a feeling or a decision? That's the first. Then secondly, if you don't marry out of pity, guilt or fear of loneliness, for what reason, your opinion, should anyone marry? Thirdly, at what age can a man or a woman get married? So these are the questions I'll be hoping to hear from you all. So until I come your way next week, do stay well and have a pleasant week ahead. <laughs>